I like that. The birds are a-chirping this morning. Look at Vinny being the first one in the live stream today. What's up, Vinny? And Rachel. What's up, Rachel? What's up with Scorch? I have no idea. That's a name from the past. I like the Scorch. I, I worked with Scorch in, um, in Boston, in Worcester, in Massachusetts at WAAF, the only station that really rocks. He was... Uh, he was a very, very good DJ, and uh, Dave Douglas famously fired him by saying, uh, in a, how did he say it? Oh, my God, I forgot exactly. But basically, he was explaining that he likes pizza and that Scorch was hamburger, meaning, you know, hamburger is still really, really good, but he's really in the mood for pizza, and that's how he fired Scorch. <laughs> that's just my business. I'm not part of it anymore, thank God. That radio business is just a, a shit show. Where's Anthony? My God, you must have just woke up from a coma. Haven't seen Anthony in six years. But people talk about the Opie and Anthony show every single fucking day. Just kidding. That means we did something right if people are still talking about it, right? Looks like the, this is the weekend where everyone just pops out of their homes. This is the weekend where a lot of people are just going to say, fuck it. I got to live my life, man. The weather's going to be too good. I got to get to a beach. I got to get on the water. I got to get to a park. I got to get the fuck out of my house. This is the weekend where it all turns around. We're all... See, look, Stan Davis. Fuck yeah! I just hope, uh, I don't know, man, I just hope those numbers don't spike because a lot of us have decided to to just move on with our lives. Uh, I see it on this beach. We're lucky. We don't have a lot of people that walk by, but when they do, man, they don't give a fuck about the coronavirus. They don't give a fuck about social distancing. They don't care about anything because I think when you hit a beach like this, you feel like, oh, man, I'm immune. I'm not going to get this thing. So, you heard Terry Clifford on the radio the other day. She works in Rochester, New York. And I regret uh, the abuse she took at the hands of the Opie and Anthony show during that Jocktober bit. The Jocktober bit just got completely out of control, unfortunately. And she was uh, certainly a victim of that. And uh, Brother Weeze, who rarely gives me a talking to, gave me a talking to about that. And I'm too much of a, a pussy to actually apologize, because I want to apologize to Terry Clifford. But to be completely fair with you, I haven't uh, reached out to even attempt that. Even I don't even know if she would accept my apology, but I didn't feel good about that one. Especially if my mentor, my friend, my father figure, my brother, Brother Wee's, uh giving me a talking to, telling me it was just not right. Let's remember all the victims of Jacktober. Well, you know... Look, man, I'm older and I've grown, but some of those people during those Jocktober days absolutely deserved the beating they got. <laughs> I just feel bad about uh, the Terry Clifford one, and I also feel bad about the, uh, the Jim Chandler one, because I literally started radio with the guy, and I was surprised that day. I think he still thinks that I... I searched out his radio show to be featured on Jocktober, and that's just not the case. Sam would surprise us with radio shows that people suggested, 
And then he would come in with some clips, and then me and Anthony and, and Jimmy would just go to town. And we wanted to listen to these shows cold to get a natural reaction going. And that day, uh, I, I pushed play, and I'm like, man, this guy's voice sounds really familiar. And I'm, I was confused at first, and then it hit me. I'm like, oh, my God, that's Jim Crow. That's how I knew him when we went to college together in Geneseo. And I just realized, I'm like, oh, this is the guy that I started radio with, basically, college radio with. I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to abuse this guy at all. Anthony Cumia rules. Okay, if that's what you think, that's great. That doesn't like mean. I have indifference to that uh, comment, sir. Total indifference. But if he rules and that makes you happy, then good for you, brother. So um, I tapped out of the Jim Chandler uh, Jocktober. I'm like, I can't fucking do this. Not with a guy that I actually roomed with in college and ran the college radio station with. And uh, ah, he's he's been cool over the years about it. But uh, the fact is, when I heard that tape that day, I that was the first time I heard him in probably 20 years. I mean, we lost touch after college. So I regret that one, too. And I think that's it. Terry Clifford and my old college roommate, uh, Jim Chandler. Uh, I, I, I don't really want to do a split screen with Rich Voss. Another guy I don't really think of anymore. He did some decent stuff for our radio show. He thought it was reciprocal, though, but, oh, my God, maybe we'll get into that another day. <laughs> he thought it was reciprocal. <laughs> Holy fuck. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> uh, the true personality of people are coming through now? Yeah, absolutely. What are you going to do? You get uh, You get confused thinking that you have actual friends... Because you hang out with the same people all the time, and then you realize, nah, man, it was just a—it was just another gig, another job, which is fine. Maybe I, uh, maybe I, I, I took uh, having friendships a little too seriously, or something. I don't know. You know, in the end, a lot of these guys helped helped the radio show, certainly, but most of the guys, you know, they they weren't reciprocal. Oh my God! Almost every person we ever had on the radio show on a regular basis. Uh, was replaceable. That's pretty obvious. Uh, Michael Silverman, haven't listened to the Brewer episode yet. Maybe today. Well, a lot of people saying uh, Brewer is losing his mind. But then you get a lot of people saying, wow, Brewer's right on with, with his take on the media and the culture of fear and the new world order and the coronavirus and the pandemic and give me liberty or give me death. There were a lot of interesting things in that discussion with Brewer, so... Uh, people seem to really, really like the episode. I uh, I like him, but I disagree. Michael Long, I disagree with Brewer on the COVID take. Good podcast. Yeah, so do I. I mean, when you see 100,000 Americans dead from something, you got to take it very, very seriously. And I, I think that number, you know, Trump's trying to say the number's inflated. I think I think that number is higher. It's not inflated. It's a real fucking problem. And it's not just like the flu. And even if it was just like the flu, it's like, okay, you had to worry about the flu. Now you got to worry about the flu and the COVID. So right there, that's problematic. It's just another thing to worry about. And they're saying the marijuana. You guys see that yesterday? They're saying the marijuana may actually help uh, people with the COVID and may help them recover from this damn thing because it's an anti-inflammatory thing, the marijuana. 
I wonder if there's any truth uh, to that. Because just like most of you, let's be honest, I saw marijuana could could help cure the coronavirus or help with the symptoms of the coronavirus. And I'm like, wow, that's very interesting. And then I read like one sentence and then I'm like, okay, I think I know everything I need to know about marijuana and the COVID. <laughs> I got I to gotta thank Ron Valeri up there at WAF, the only station that really rocks. He gave me one of the best tips for doing radio ever. He goes, most people uh, can get the gist of an article by just reading the first paragraph. And when you do radio, that's 100% true because when you do radio, you got to do quick breaks. You know, especially back in the day, we weren't able to just do a full-out talk show yet. So if you wanted to talk about something, you had two, three minutes. I remember me and Anthony had like... If we talked for more than five minutes, our GM would come running into the studio all panicky and stuff. And he would say stuff like... What are we a talk show now, boys? Boys, are we a talk show? And me and Anthony were looking at each other like, "Fuck yeah, we are, man! Fuck this music." I mean, the music's cool, but people are starting to tune into WAAF to hear us, not the butt trumpets. You're ugly. Anyone? Anyone remember the butt trumpets with their one hit? AAF was the best. Yeah, AF was the best. That was some special times, man. Getting to play all that music that no one really was playing yet in the country. Uh, we were taking chances because we had a bad um, signal up there in in, um, in Worcester. So we got the chance to play a lot of stuff because we didn't have to worry about ratings as much. We built a, We built a reputation at AF. And that allowed us to play Limp Biscuit for the first time, play Godsmack for the first time, play Corn for the first time, um, and many, many other bands that are, that are slipping my mind right now. And to see those guys come through before they actually were stars was so fucking special, man. And then, of course, the radio show itself was ridiculous. We We had a tough time just living in those days because it was before the... It was before the cell phones and the social media. So if you had a if you had a popular radio show, you had so many fucking people listening to you and following your every move. People would wait outside the radio station. Any gig we had, we would just get mobbed. It was it was really fucking cool. And then that continued obviously when we moved to New York and actually oh my god, got like 10 times worse or worse. Excuse me. But those days are long gone because there's just so many choices now. You're competing with every fucking asshole that thinks they could do this. Every goddamn comedian has a podcast. Oh, my God. Ah, and they, Most of them do it wrong, too. They're breaking down the industry. No one gives a shit. But so you're competing with all these guys. If I have to, if I have to turn on the TV and, and, and see one more... And uh, make sure you check out my podcast. Um, why am I checking out your podcast? You read news for a living. You're a weather guy. Why do you have a podcast? I got a haircut uh, a while ago. Hey, uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm giving this podcasting a try. Why are you giving podcasting a try? You can barely cut hair right. Who, who decided that podcasting is easy and that everyone should just do it? And I forgot the number of podcasts out there. It, it's in the millions. In the fucking millions. When me and Anthony had a, a hit radio show, guess what? There were maybe three other hit radio shows out there. 
now there's millions of podcasts. And I can honestly say that 99% of them fucking blow. As Carl would say, fucking boo. Yeah, podcasting is hard as fuck. Of course it is. And if you're sitting there breaking down the the industry, you know, uh, I want to talk about this uh, comedy club owner in in Idaho. Why? Why do you want to talk about that? Because you have no life experiences? Go out there and live your fucking life in between going up on a stage, and then you'll have a hell of a lot more stuff to talk about on your podcast. Yuck. Anyway. Listening to the birds on the ocean. Nice. Nice. Preach, brother. Thank you, George. I appreciate that. I've tried, too, man. I've tried to listen to a bunch of these podcasts. They're really, really not good. And then you get a bunch of uh, comics, and they're all just competing for the biggest laugh. It's like, it's exhausting to follow, actually. There's no real conversation going on, because this guy's got to get, you know, funnier than this guy. Oh, my God, did that guy just get a big laugh? And then his whole his whole thought process is, now i got to make sure I get a bigger laugh than him. Not much, um, not much realism in their, in their approach, that's for sure, man. You're going to start a podcast, Ron? Of course. Now that I talked about this, 20 of you guys are going to start a podcast today. And stop sending me links. Check out my podcast. No. I don't even... I, over the years, I didn't even check out my own voice. Why would I check out a podcast? That's why I would laugh at Howard when he had to tell everyone that uh, they were ripping him off, that everyone listens to Howard and copies him. That was the furthest thing from my my thought process was to listen to Howard and copy him. I always wanted to try to make it my own fucking thing, and I'm proud to say I know I did. The only person I still listen to on a regular basis is Brother Weeze every fucking morning because he's as real as they get, pisses off people because he can't help himself as he talks about politics or whatever, but he's real. I like that. I like that a lot. And he says stuff I completely don't agree with. But I love that he has the balls to fucking just speak his mind. And not worry about a political agenda or how it's going to hurt him. I like that. Uh, ooh, $500 to stroll up next to those people and drop a hot one. Ooh, that's very, very tempting, my friend. Fuck Madam Stern. <laughs> Is he for Trump today or against him? I can't, I can't keep up with that idiot. Howard hates his fans just like Trump hates his, his supporters. So for Howard to go after Trump like he did is just completely ridiculous. Howard wouldn't be caught dead with his fans. We loved hanging out with our fans over the years. That speaks for itself. To this day, I love doing that. You're not going to find one video clip of Howard hanging out with a fan. That made him a very, very rich man. Talented to a certain extent. Howard has a ridiculous staff to make that show as good as it is. At our height, we did have a staff. It was it was getting crazy. I think we had at least uh, I want to say I want to say we had about eight guys full time behind the scenes. Maybe maybe a little less than that. Where a couple of those guys were interns that were talented. Howard has dozens and dozens of people. And writers, if you can't turn on a mic and just talk without writers, I, I don't know what to tell you. But then again, he's close to a billionaire, and I'm, 
talking to 100 people on Facebook, so what the fuck do I know, right? <laughs> Did I tell you guys about the the lunatic that walked by me the other other day? I'll end with this. So I'm fishing, and, you know, I'll, I'll leave my pole down near the ocean. And uh, I'm on the phone, and I see I see some guy jogging by, and, and I see that he stops at my shit. I'm like, that's weird. Maybe he's, you know, picking up uh, shells or something. I go back down later, and in the sand he writes in big letters, Stop Killing Fish. I was... I heated up like like I haven't heated up in a long time, and I... I, I I couldn't fucking see the guy anymore because he was long gone. Stop killing fish. If this guy only knew. I love my fishing, but I take it very seriously, and most of the fish end up in the ocean. I probably keep maybe six fish a year. Maybe. And those would be the striped bass that are uh, legal. The striped uh, bass have to be at least 28 inches. So I'll, I'll keep around six of those. And I don't even really like striped bass, but I know my neighbors do. And there's, uh, there's somebody in town that really likes it, so I'll throw one in a cooler and drop it off. But most of them go back in the ocean. And matter of fact, a, a lot of keepers go back in the ocean because I just know I either have fish in the freezer or I don't have any other neighbors to give it to. So I, I let these guys go all the time. This guy just assuming a lot. And I would love to look at it at his person. And go, well, you killed a cow for that. Oh, your shoes are also leather. Do you know what it takes to, to make your cheap fucking t-shirt that you're wearing? So go fuck yourself. Stop killing fish. I've told you guys, I'm not a, I'm not a fan of hunting. But I respect it. I don't respect people that just kill uh, animals just for the hell of it and, and leave them to rot. And I don't respect fishermen that do that. You'll, you'll see that down the beach, but I'm not one of those guys. You'll see some fish just um, laying there on the shore. And you know, as a fisherman, that didn't give a fuck. I respect hunters, especially the ones that, that uh, use everything um, they kill. But that big game hunting will drive me nuts. And I don't, I don't want to like get into it now because people go, well, you know how much money it brings into the economy and, you know, the villagers... When the elephant is there, they pick it apart and it feeds the whole village. It just uh, seems incredibly uh, gluttonous to me. Some big, fat, fucking rich asshole from America. They drug some dumb rhino. There's a hundred rhinos left and they're like, well, I mean, you know, if you give me a hundred thousand, you could kill this rhino. And then they make it easy because the guy's too fucking fat to move around to actually do real hunting like most of you hunters do. I've seen videos where they're actually on a golf cart because the guy can barely fucking move because he's just consuming all the time. Consume, 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 consume. Do you have a golf cart so I can kill this rare rhino? Here's my hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> All right, guys, I'm babbling.